You're listening to Alcoholics Alive, where recovered members of Alcoholics Anonymous share their experience on how they live AA as a way of life. None of our participants get paid or speak for AA. Here are your hosts, Shank and Wayne. If you didn't know, we are here to eliminate froth from your 12 step experience. <laughs> we are, we are not in the frothy emotional appeal, nor do we think it helps in helping people recover from alcoholism. We, uh, we believe in the 12 steps and a relationship with a power greater than yourself to eliminate the obsession to drink and to give you the power to try to help other people. So anyway, we, we call that uh, a spiritual experience, spiritual awakening, and being free. So how about that, Shank? I love that. <laughs> Although you do now call everything froth. I do. It's uh, it's like my new favorite term. Uh, it is. It's pretty good. We saw a lot of froth this weekend at the state convention. We sure no, did. We saw, yeah, we saw a lot of good things, but a lot, a lot of froth. Froth sounds good and looks good, feels good. Sometimes it even tastes good, but it's not, it's not going to help you stay sober. Oh, it's just puffed up milk. You know what I mean? That's it. That's all it is. <laughs> I'm excited today with our guest. So our, uh, our guest today is Otis. You may remember him from uh, season one. I don't, I think it may have been episode three or four, but I think he helped us with the third step. It was uh, it was an awesome uh, it was an awesome ep episode, and we are we're glad to have him back. Now he's our first repeat guest, so he has come highly uh, recommended by many of the listeners to bring him back. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So don't let him here. down. Don't let him down. Now and remember, he's straight from Mayberry. They let him out of the, the Mayberry jail <laughs> just to uh, come onto the pod. So. Uh, we're glad to have him. Otis, how you doing? I'm good. That was, Jerry, that was a little frothy introduction, though, I got to say. <laughs> it was, wasn't it? We need some depth and weight up in here. These, that's the term I was trying to find at the opening, depth and weight. I couldn't think yeah. of it. Well, I know you're going to bring it, so we're in good shape. I'm grateful, to be, here, about, grateful to be sober. Too. Tell us a little bit about yourself, what you've been up to since the last episode. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, I'm I'm Otis. I'm a, I'm a member of the Devil May Care Chap Home Group on the Greenland <laughs> Ice Cap. <laughs> oh yes. Nice. I have nice. a sobriety date of October twenty fourth, nineteen eighty nine. I was um, I was twenty eight years old when I was separated from alcohol for what I hope to be the last time. I um, I first met you guys when I was twenty two. I uh, I do not remember my last drink. Um, my last drink was not unlike any other drink I ever took. And then, and the day after that was not unlike any other day I ever quit for good and all, you know, I, um, I know there's people that stand up at podiums and say they drank every day for 35 years. And that's just not my story, man. I, I had drank all the fun out of drinking by the time I was 22 years old. And, um, uh, I remember my first drink and the spiritual experience that was, and, uh, and I chased that hard for 16 yeah. years. And by the time I was, uh, 
I was 22. I was out of gas and dying. And I met you guys in a little crummy little detox. The, um, the extent of my treatment um, uh, story is 36 hours in a 72-hour medical de- non-medical detox. And I, che- <laughs> I checked myself out AMA because I was very uncomfortable. And, uh, and I, and, and I stayed, I stayed sober for a year after that. No, no meetings, no, no nothing. Age 22 to 23. I just went to work and tried to do my impression of what a good man ought to look like. And, and I did that until, uh, I was described that as being one broken shoelace away from getting drunk. And, and eventually I broke that <laughs> shoelace <laughs> and, uh, and spent five, spent five years coming in and out of Alcoholics Anonymous, not wanting, uh, not wanting this to be true. And um, so when I made that surrender at age 28, I had been abstinent of alcohol for six months and trying to treat my, I've tried to treat my alcoholism by drinking. I've tried to treat my alcoholism by not drinking. I've tried to treat my alcoholism by mild hallucinogens. (laughs) I've done, I've done everything I could think of gym memberships, uh, books, um, you know, uh, travel girls, money, property, whatever. I, and, uh, you ever try Rick, your yoga. I, I did yoga in sobriety, but I was, <laughs> all right. Yeah. But me and my roommate were just going there. Cause we noticed the ratio of men to women was, um, right. was favorable. <laughs> so we, we thought we should go to yoga, yeah. <laughs> but I got into it, but not, um, I always intended to do those things. I intended when I was drinking to, to be a reliable person or a, uh, a well-read person or an educated person or, <laughs> or someone who actually keeps his promises. I, I had all those intentions. I just could never pull any of it off, man. And I was, I was six months absent of alcohol and driving around the city um, looking for buildings to jump off of. And, um, hmm. and I couldn't screw up the courage to do it or select the right one. And, and I went to one more dumb, stupid AA meeting. And all I can tell you is somebody stuck out, somebody was looking, somebody somebody was awake to the primary purpose of Alcoholics Anonymous. He was looking for a guy like me and uh, he stuck his hand out and he welcomed me and he told me his name and uh, he patted me on the shoulder. He said, everything's going to be all right. And he broke away from the chit chat he was having with his little buddies and walked into the room and he helped me get a cup of coffee and he sat me down in a chair and introduced me to the next guy. Got a little chit chat going and, um, all I know is I sat in that meeting. I, I, I didn't know what was wrong with me. I still didn't know what alcoholism was. I, I had been just living in, in the terror, bewilderment, frustration, despair of active alcoholism and trying, trying to manage that or not drink or do the right thing, whatever. And I just sat in that room and stared at the floor. I don't remember what anybody said, but I remember just thinking, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just do what these people do. And What's important to me about that or to mention about that was it was just the spiritual act of hospitality that that cracked me open enough. I don't remember what they said. Nobody read my mail at that meeting, but you guys were clearly had something going on that that I wanted. And I remember I, I made up my mind to go through with the process. And I haven't had a drink since that moment. I believe that was that was absolutely a spiritual experience. I, I couldn't have described it that way then. But yeah. I, I believe I've been having spiritual awakenings since I since I showed up in front of you guys. And uh, I haven't had a drink since then. I was 62 nice. years old on my last birthday. Um, Bebot over there, he's he's um, 
He's younger than me. He's got more sober time than me, better hair than me. And those, those eyes, those hypnotic eyes. Oh, yep. Lord, don't, don't blow his yep. head up. Keep on going, Otis. I, I like on. it. Come uh, on, man. So what I've been up to lately uh, since I saw you guys last is I'm, I, um, I'm, I'm, I'm working with men. I'm taking people through the 12 steps. I, uh, I, just, I just picked up two, two men who've never seen the book Alcoholics Anonymous. Never turned a page wow. in it. Don't even know what's wrong with them. And I've been working with those guys from from page one, and yeah. that that is a joy. Those I, folks I are can't, a treat. Uh, it, it, absolutely a treat and rare, man. Yeah. I usually get guys that are eight or, eight or ten years sober and homicidal. Yep. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, and and I love them too. Don't get me wrong, but I'm I'm just saying just to be to 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 get to work with somebody from the moment they walk in the door. That's been lighting me up. I yeah, used to it's... hate that too. I was like, man, I always get people that have no idea about AA or anything. I have to explain everything to them. Oh my God. I used to hate that, but now I'm like, God, yeah, they're great. actually a lot easier to work with. Yeah. 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 Well, Otis, we're, we are, we're glad that you're back on with us today. We appreciate the, your intro. Um, Shank, what's our topic today? All right. Today. Our topic is a limitless load. So I here's it. where it comes from <laughs> in the big book. It starts at page 128 in the fourth edition from 2001. Um, it says, he is not so unbalanced as they might think. Many of us have experienced dad's elation. We have indulged in spiritual intoxication. Like a gaunt prospector belt drawn in over the last ounce of food, our pick struck gold. Joy at our release from a lifetime of frustration knew no bounds. Father feels he has struck something better than gold. For a time, he may try to hug the new treasure to himself. He may not see at once that he has barely scratched a limitless load, which will pay dividends only if he mines it for the rest of his life and insists on giving away the entire product. So just as a reminder, <laughs> this also ties into another one of our favorites. Uh, I believe it's one of Otis's favorite as well, as we were talking before getting started, is um, spiritual intoxication. So yes. we did talk about that um, in episode two, The Goose Hung High with Dixon, our, our replacements, if you will, were spiritual ecstasy or spiritual rapture. We decided to keep spiritual intoxication it's so perfect just wrapping all of that up for us um that is a limitless load where it comes from in the big book well what do you think a limitless load now when that first came out that's got a lot of different connotations to it it does yeah i think the, it sure the... does <laughs> so yep. for me uh an interesting thing that I looked up prior to this podcast is where it says like a gaunt prospector. Now I can't tell you that I knew what a limitless load was as the book is describing it um, when I first got here or even a week ago, but I definitely did not know what a gaunt prospector was gaunt being thin or emaciated prospector and mining. That's someone who searches for valuable minerals um yeah if he's gone i don't think that bill wrote this <laughs> it doesn't seem like it. It, it it's interesting that you say that that's not really why we're here but it, it is kind of different than some of the other stuff in the book it 
Um, but yeah, so a gaunt prospector would be a guy that's getting ready to give up. He's like, he's digging and digging and he can't make it. And he's got no food, no water. And he looks like a prisoner of war skeleton. And then all of a sudden he strikes gold. If you think about whenever we had that moment of getting sober and right, a surrender happened or whatever you want to call it. Remember surrender is not in the big book. The, uh, <laughs> uh, or we concede that's kind of like striking gold, even though it doesn't feel like it. That minute that something happens and we shift and like start walking in a different direction and get sober. Um, that's the gaunt prospector. So I guess at some point we were all probably gaunt prospectors. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds that way. Otis, yeah. what is your, what is your, what are your thoughts about this reading? I, I, I love it. I love every single word in it. Um, when I think of being the gaunt prospector, I think about uh, the way I would describe that is I was out of answers and I knew I was out of answers. You know, I mean, like everything that I had tried, I not only had failed, but I, I knew sitting in that chair, every new plan I could come up with, it was just vapor. I knew it was gonna, wasn't going to work. I was out of answers. And so that gaunt prospector really hits with me. And I, I'll back up. I know you guys covered it with the, with the spiritual intoxication. And I, I love that, that moment, like my pick struck gold. Um, you know, I, I can't think of, I can think of very little more, more isolating and lonely and desperate condition of, of active alcoholism, you know, of just living your life to, to, to get more and to stay drunk and to uh, avoid the consequences and m moving all the pieces around and keeping your lies straight and, and just how lonely that is, just how absolutely isolating and painful that is to the, to the point where you, you want to kill yourself. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, to, so to, to have a moment like that, like, like Bill, when Ebby shows up, would I have it? Of course I would. That moment when you tip over into hope, man, maybe this will work for me too. Maybe if I, maybe if I do what these people do, I'll get what they've got. Maybe, maybe this is clearly a new plan, <laughs> you know, and, mm -hmm. and that, that is that hope is elating that hope is joyful that hope feels really 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 good to the exhausted weary traveler <laughs> that is he, he always uses those phrases like we hope every alcoholic who journeys will find out yeah. it's like yeah you could call that a journey <laughs> or a personal adventure or an aberration you know whatever you know but it's it hurts and it's painful and it's terrible and to to uh, to feel some some hope is incredibly joyful, and of course I want to hog that to myself. Of course I want to try to grab and hang on to it. You know, um, I'm not ready to help you yet. Yeah, <laughs> this is all mine. About me right now. Yeah. So um, so from living the lifetime of frustration, this 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 hope, this joy from release is is really powerful. And so yeah, I want to hug the treasure to myself. So, um, so yeah, and the limitless, limitless load thing, I don't know if we, if you guys talked about it yet, but like L O D E, like I had to look it up. I've been, I've been reading that, hearing that, thinking about it as L O A D 
like a load, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. A, and a load being mm-hmm. a whole a whole bunch of stuff. A load mm-hmm. is a whole bunch of stuff. And but the only difference between LOAD and LODE is is LODE is the source of a whole bunch of stuff, right? So the mother load. But this is a good one because even if you misunderstand it, it's still the meaning comes across because he's already used the word limitless. Mm-hmm. Right. right? There's no reason to try to hoard something that's limitless, right? If I just tap this thing, there's no end to it. Right? Yep. So so what I came up with for limitless load here is uh, load L-O-D-E when it's used in like a metaphorical sense is a rich source or supply of something to your point, Otis, um, and maybe something to replace it if we needed to in order to understand it better would be like unlimited potential or infinite resources. Infinite so, resources would work yes so like a limitless low you know i do love how it says in here also it will only pay dividends if he mines it for the rest of of his life and insist on giving away the entire product so to me as i was reading through this and kind of reading before and after in the book where this is you know it's talking about helping others and i just know so many people in alcoholics anonymous and i had fear of like getting someone drunk or not being able to get them sober when I first got here because I was being encouraged to sponsor women up to the step that I was on. And all I had was the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And even though I've been told in recent years that I need all this other literature, that I need all these other definitions and workbooks or what have you, just you need to continue to use these things and you should have had them in the beginning i've shared many times on this podcast that you know i really have taken it back to the basics of what i did in my first year two years in sobriety and that works and it works really well yeah yeah well according to the reading that the limitless load will only pay dividends meaning it will only produce results for us as long as we continue to try to give it away is that and that what it says we got to give away the entire product the entire product i mean so, your pick struck gold and you have to give yeah. away all of the gold yes well, we have so to the mine I, it. yeah yeah we, we, so the we, idea we have of, to work I'm yes trying. yes the idea of of being selfish and self-centeredness and holding on to stuff is doesn't work in alcoholics anonymous Right. The more we give away and the more we're willing to share what we've learned in our experiences, the more we get back. So a question would be. Otis, you want to say something before I ask this really powerful question? (laughs) I don't want to interrupt you. No, go for it, bro. Seriously, you go for it. Well, it, it. The. The, the mining it and the giving it away, all these things are to, unless you have experienced them, there's no, there's nothing to compare it to. Right. You know, it's like you guys are, I, I, I come here trying to uh, explain to you that what I need is $50,000 and a good attorney. <laughs> and then you guys are telling me, you know, no, just we've got 12 steps and you might as well be holding out a, a hand of magic beans, you know? Right. <laughs> I'm like, no, take the beans. I'm like, no, no, $50,000 on an attorney. <laughs> like, no, all we got are these beans. So it doesn't, it doesn't, there's no logical place to put it. Right. And, and you can't, you can't hold on to a spiritual experience any more than you can hold on to a, a handful That's of right. smoke. 
That's right. And I, so I have to do this thing and I have to give it away. And I, and maybe this will come up naturally in your question. I don't know, but like, it's very common in Alcoholics Anonymous say you can't keep it unless you give it away. Right. And why are we even talking about keeping something? He's already told us we can't. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's right. Unless you give it away. My, my friend Bob says, I don't think you can even get it until you try to give it away. And that rings with me That's because the things that have come to me that, 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 uh, that I, that I can't hoard have all come to me from the result of trying to help you. Yes. And I had to, and I had to experience that to be able to, to say that. Yes. Right? It's a good, very good point. That, and Bob might be on something with that, with his thoughts on that. But that's uh, you a kind described of a... my experience getting here perfectly. You know, yeah. I knew I was going to prison. I knew I needed an attorney. I knew that I didn't have money. And uh, when I showed up to AA, it was, hey, uh, you're not you don't get an attorney here. Yeah. You don't get a doctor. You don't get we don't do that. And thank God for that. Shank, if you if somebody would have given you 50 G's and a good attorney, you wouldn't be here right now. That's probably pretty true because the people yep. I know that got out of trouble typically drink again. Not right. everyone, but. Yep. Yeah. yeah you might all that, it, if I, it, trouble ain't trouble unless, unless uh, you got to pay for it. Right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And if I get out of it, that's evidence to me that I got this. I can handle it. Yeah. The kids got the yeah. moves. Yeah. This concept though is, is in a lot of circles and, in the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, it's kind of a missing concept because everybody wants to, you know, be into themselves and me and my recovery and self-care and harm reduction. And all, I'm not, you know, all that's fine. That's not Alcoholics Anonymous. Mm -hmm. AA is all about giving away uh, your experience, giving away your, your knowledge, giving away the things that you've been taught. And like Otis said, that's how we, that's how we get to, to, keep that stuff. So here's a question. Then how can a person, how long could a person stay sober without helping another alcoholic? <laughs> I know that's, that's a, kind that's of a great open, question. Open-ended question, but think about that. I don't want to find out. And, well, and, and there's, there's, is there, is, are, are we talking about staying, staying dry? Or are we talking about being free? Mm. Yeah. I, I mean, because I have, I, I have the experience of leaking away for alcoholics from Alcoholics Anonymous, year seven to fourteen, mm -hmm. right. and I was serving myself and serving my bank account and um, basically winning friends and influencing people. Right, <laughs> landed me in a divorce court is where it landed me. Yeah. Um, so, and I, I stayed dry, but I was, I was like a little dictator, you know, just completely reverted back into self. The, um, the thing though, too, though, that, that, I, that I gotta, I don't want to forget to say is, is since, since that idea that we're help, we're here to help other people, since that has bubbled up as a, as a, as a front of, front of brain, uh, concept, I mean, which, which was just another alcoholic looking me in the eye, cutting me off and saying, yeah, hey, it's full of guys like you, bro. You're, you're suffering from untreated alcoholism. You want to mm -hmm. work the steps with me? We're going to work them quickly so we can get on with the business of helping other people because that's why we're here. Yep. Once I heard that at depth, and I'm embarrassed to say it was 14 years dry, right? Like tw yep. almost 20 years ago. And I, but <clears throat> I have not been able to unhear it since then. Hmm. 
Yeah, you know, it's it, it's interesting. The guy that 12-step, made a 12-step call on me, he followed the book almost to the T because in that 12-step call, now I'm still somewhat intoxicated, but he, ex- he told me that if I got better, that I would be expected to help other people. What, what he said was that he hoped that I would try to help somebody else. And I think the book is pretty clear on that. It, it's like you immediately should be telling people that. You, the, you can't read the book more than a couple pages without it talking about, you know, serving or helping somebody else. Here's another question for you. At what point can I show up to meetings, get what I need, and leave? <laughs> I, I, I did ask my, uh, in one of my iterations of coming in and out of Alcoholics Anonymous, I did ask, uh, ask the guy, how long do I have to go to meetings? Right. And he said, you have to go to meetings until you want to go to meetings. And I just walked away shaking my head like, I got to find somebody intelligent to talk to around here. <laughs> you know, because I, I really do. I want to come in. I want to I cram for the exam, check the box, get my paper stamped and get down the road. Right. You know, this, yeah. you guys are nice, but I've got other ideas about what to do. Um, so what has happened, though, is I love you people. You people light me up. I want to be in community with you. Alcoholics Anonymous has given me a life that's absolutely amazing to me. And um, Mm -hmm. at first I needed you, and I probably still need you, but that is a secondary motivation today. Yep. I I want to be with you. Shank? Well... You know, I've heard I've heard over the years people say, well, I show up to get my medicine and, you know, I needed a meeting. And listen, I don't disagree with those things. Would I say them? Probably not. Have I said them? I don't know. Maybe at some point, not in the last five years. Um, But I just know that I have had so many friends, acquaintances or women that I've tried to help that were unwilling to sponsor someone else. They were unwilling to read through the book with someone because they didn't think that they were qualified. They didn't think they could. They just didn't want to. They felt they didn't understand whatever the case may be. And some of those women uh, were probably not alcoholics. You know, I mean, our book tells us that there are non-alcoholic people who have consequences that show up at AA who may realize they don't need to do everything that I do to quit or to moderate. I think that that is lost sometimes in AA. So um, maybe that person is non, not an alcoholic. Maybe they can be a moderate drinker. Maybe they quit for good. I don't know. It's not for me to decide. It's for that person to decide, even if I think that they are an alcoholic from what they've told me. Right. Um, well, and if they show up, it's our job to qualify them. And, absolutely. And we're not qualifying them with, uh, here's my phone number. Give me a call sometime. It says, <laughs> right. you know, Correct. I can generally win my confidence in a few hours. We're, 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 we're in the parking lot. We're talking. Mm-hmm. We're That's going right. to coffee. We're going to chat. And I'm not going to try to convince someone that they're an alcoholic. And I've, I have tried to do that. Okay. Like I really have. And there are people that are kind of in and out of Alcoholics Anonymous that I've known for years that I'm like, 
in my head, I'm like, this person is for sure an alcoholic. Like how much more do they need to do? How many more rehabs or facilities or drying out places, whatever do they need to go to? But, um, I do know people that are alcoholics that are just not willing to help others. And I've seen them relapse and come back in so many times, you know, a couple of people come to mind that I'm like, Hey, you need to help someone else. You have to give it away. And they are point blank unwilling. And I find that very sad, but I also know that I have to move on and help someone that is willing as well. Um, I have not reached the point that I can show up to meetings, get what I need and leave. Yeah. Yeah. Me either. Uh, that, that's a totally that, selfish position, right? And isn't that the very thing that's killing us? The very thing that we're trying to allow God to remove from us is our, our selfish nature. And then I'm going to treat AA selfishly. Like, what'd you think of that meeting last night, Bob? Oh, it, it sucked. I didn't get anything out of it. You know, it's like, that's a perspective. And I would imagine that that perspective is the, the living in there is pretty uncomfortable, right? Yeah. Well, and I'll admit, I'll be the first one to complain about a meeting sometimes just like, yeah, that meeting sucked. But I also have to take a look at, did I add anything to it? Or did I sit there just thinking about how much it sucked? And sometimes I just sit there thinking about how crazy and off the rails a meeting has been. Yeah. When when anybody complains to a, about a meeting to me, I'm like, I'm glad you were there. I'm glad you were there to carry a real <laughs> message of, of hope to still suffering because there are yeah. goofy meetings everywhere. Not that sure. you know we're judgmental. I'm a judgmental machine, but there's goofy meetings, and if you go to the goofy meetings and carry a simple, clear message out of the book of Alcoholics Anonymous, it's a, it's like a cool drink in the middle of the desert. People are going to come up. Oh man, I never heard that before. Uh, you know, <laughs> the yeah. next thing you, you're yeah. going to walk away from those goofy meetings with two or three people. One yeah. help if they're alcoholic. If they're alcoholic, yeah. I was I was thinking, just thinking through all the. I mean, I know a lot of chronic relapsers in the program. I mean, a, a lot, and the majority of them, the one thing that is kind of common for all of them is they've never actually took on the the responsibility of helping other people and a lot of them on the surface, it looks like they're doing everything just right. I mean, they're, they're going to meetings. They're, they're, you know, they, they maybe they've even taken some of the steps. They've done some of the ninth step, maybe even had some powerful experiences with that or not, but then they don't help anybody. Well, what I don't like that I've, that I've just kind of realized um, at some point during my sobriety, I was on, you know, three committees and I was the GSR of my home group and I was doing some service work at the state level and I I could not be touched. I was doing the maximum amount in Alcoholics Anonymous to help others. And I was making sure that people quote had access to recovery and to these conventions and whatnot. And what I can tell you is like, I was probably, I don't want to say miserable is the right word, but there are are a lot of um, things that go into that, that put me in a position uh, to step on my fellows. What does it talk about to step on their toes and get hurt? Yeah. And when I really take a look at it now, I can admit to myself that it was all just this grandiose thinking about how amazing I am and how much service I'm doing. And I'm helping all the little people in AA who can't be at this level because I'm so special and unique. And it really brought me back to square one of the most important thing, no matter if I'm doing all of those things as well, is to sit down 
and talk to another alcoholic, someone who is new, someone who is back yep. uh, and share my experience with them, read the book with them. Like that other crap can go away tomorrow. I'm still yes. going to have a book and I'm still going to be sponsoring women and trying to help them get sober if they want that. Yeah, it's got to be primary. We can do lots of other stuff, but we've got to do that that basic. I, I do a ton of service. I, I've got a, I've got positions in my home group at the area, at the district level. I'm all about um, all about service. Um, but you're never going to hear me say service keeps me sober. It's, right. it's not going to happen. Um, my book tells me that nothing is going to ensure immunity. Nothing is going to ensure immunity from drinking than intensive work with other alcoholics. Yes. And that and that this yep. program is simple and personal and recovery begins each day somewhere in the world. One alcoholic talking to another alcoholic. That's what saved my life. And 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 for me to withhold that, for me to just kind of leave it the Lord's Prayer. How selfish is that? Mm -hmm. You gave me a life, man. You know, and I and now I can't go talk to that guy, even though he's half 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 in the bag and a little belligerent. I need yeah. I, I got to go talk to that guy. Yeah. Well, here's one for you. Well, you made me think of something that's a little late in the game for it, but my sponsor always says that if you get to the point where you need a meeting, it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but here's, a, here's a question for you. What, what should I do if I give away the entire product and no one gives me their entire product? <laughs> <laughs> I, got, huh? I got something on this. Listen, man. Yeah. Even even God can't fill a glass that's already full. Mm. Oh, mm. nice. Wow. It is my job to pour myself out. It's God's mm. job to fill me back up. Mm. This just kind of made me yep. think of um, in the big book where it says, uh, okay, this is, I went ahead and pulled this. We vigorously commence this way of living as we cleaned up the past. We have entered the world of the spirit. Our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. This is not an overnight matter. It should continue for our lifetime. Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. When these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. We discuss them with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we have harmed anyone. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Love and tolerance of others is our code resolutely with firm unwavering focus and it doesn't say go help somebody yeah. it says turn your thoughts in that direction yeah. Yeah. and as soon as i do that you know in in 30 seconds my whole demeanor changes my mind yeah. fills up my mother needs a phone call so and so picked up a white chip last night my home group member is struggling and 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 just turning my thoughts in that direction that informs my actions then maybe i pick up the phone hey ma how's it going today yeah, that that piece where we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help—that's probably missed by a lot of people. It was by me for several years. I would, I was, I could, I would be quick to call somebody and to make an amends, but this says that we're also supposed to turn our thoughts to somebody we can help. That's that's the key to overcoming selfishness and self-centeredness, and to moving beyond the nonsense. The other thing that's interesting about that reading, Shank, is it says it should continue for our lifetime. Yes. yes. Not an overnight matter. Not a one it's and a done. It's a long time. Oh, I can't check the box and leave. 
Well, and I just know like when I'm when I'm in that place of like, look at all of these things I've done. I've given away my entire product. Why doesn't that person have to? Or why aren't they doing something for me? I know when I'm at that place, I'm not being loving and tolerant of others. I'm not like turning my thoughts to someone I can help. Like I'm not doing those things. I'm not a perfect human being. So as this states, like when these crop up, they're gonna crop up. You know, but like I have a way of living today that tells me exactly what to do. Yep. The only piece I've ever been able to find in that because I I've I've I I got a notebook full of resentments on 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 those people. (laughs) 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 There's one dude who shows up on a regular Zoom meeting that I go to, and and this guy's living in some mansion, man, you know, and uh he's got he's got he's got it all and he cheerfully closes every one of his shares is i just come here to get my vitamin a have a great day (laughs) oh my goodness and i just it just tips me over some days i'm just like oh you know but the only thing that's ever given me any peace is the idea that maybe this this guy's not an alcoholic of my variety that's it you know what i mean it's none of my business i know that the type of alcoholic i need and I, I need to be doing all of this with you. <laughs> I've got tons of faults and flaws and old ideas, and that stuff continues to, to need to be aired and inventoried and um, uh, constantly reminding myself I'm no longer running the show. And if I'm walking up to that meeting, I know what my job is there. And, That's and right. uh, I'm not there to get. Well, I, I do get, I do get, but the, you can't do the math on that. that if you go there to right. get, you're, you're right. lost. That's right. That's funny. That's exactly what I think of every time I'm cleaning up cigarette butts and I don't smoke. Is I'm yeah. just like, why are these people out here that smoke cleaning up the cigarette butts? Like, come on, why do I have to be out here? I I, I got a little story. Can I do? Uh, have we got time? Yeah, hit it. I don't know where we are. I one I okay. I'm 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 the coffee maker at my home group, right? And we got one of those big hundred pot resentment. Yeah. Chugga, chugga, boogie, boogie. Yeah. You got to show up an hour and a half early before the meeting. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I'm, I'm in there, I'm in there. I plug the thing in. I'm the only one in the, in the room and the room is cavernous and big and, and you, and the, and the coffee pot's just starting to hiss, make, makes little noises. And I'm familiar. just, and I'm just filled with love. I'm just sitting there thinking, isn't this amazing? I get to make this coffee. I'm a fallen down no good drunk man couldn't good for nothing unreliable to everybody and isn't and people are going to come through the door they're not even going to care <laughs> who made the coffee and it doesn't matter recovery could happen here and i'm absolutely spiritually intoxicated in this moment and exactly one week later cuz i had the coffee job for a month same situation same sounds in the room i'm still the only one in there and i'm stomping my feet i'm going i'm the only one who cares about this meeting <laughs> This meeting would fall apart if I wasn't here. And mm-hmm. yep. and then, but in that moment, there was grace because, because all of a sudden I was, became aware of how profound an experience I was having, not, you know, exactly seven days prior. And the only difference in the situation was me. Oh yeah. And I, and I, and it was clear to me that it was my problem and my attitude. And I began to laugh at myself in the middle of all that by myself. <laughs> Well, <laughs> which to me is the ultimate freedom. If you can find yourself hilarious, you're, you're right. on your way hey, to freedom. If you were making coffee at our home group, 
you would have that elated feeling until someone showed up and tried the coffee and said, who made this coffee? Oh my gosh. Like <laughs> jet fuel or, Oh, that's where I like thought he was going. That, <laughs> Me Cause too. I've had that happen. I've made that coffee and somebody come Any, in and start trash. Well, anytime it, we like, see someone else make it someone that didn't make it last week, someone different made it this week. We're going to say it's trash no matter what. Anyway, this is the community mm. we serve. <laughs> 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 all right guys well let's move on thank you so much this has been a great conversation um let's move on to big book shrapnel shall we let's do it okay What's all right the first Otis, one shank since the last time we had you on we are now doing big book shrapnel so these are sayings um or terms directly taken from the big book of alcoholics anonymous i know that you are no. you are a listener so you, you you already you're primed and ready to go on our big book shrapnel. No good orderly direction this time. <laughs> or or gift of desperation. Ja God. Group of drunks. So our first big book shrapnel is from page fifty-four, and it is the state of mental goose flesh. <laughs> so it says we found too that we had been worshipers what a state of mental goose flesh that used to bring on have we not variously worshipped people sentiment things money and ourselves and then with a better motive have we not worshipfully beheld the sunset the sea or a flower who of us had who of us had not loved something or somebody Shink. how much did these feelings these loves these worships have to do with pure reason little or nothing we saw at last Hmm. We think about that. Oh, the state of mental goose flesh. I, you know, a lot of these things in context, like I, nobody ever said that to me. It wasn't a phrase that uh, me and the kids were throwing around and on the playground or <laughs> in my drinking crew. Um, but I think I, I knew what it meant. I always, I always just took it as being like, like goose flesh, like when your hair stands up on your arms, you know, or mm -hmm. you get a shiver down your spine, except for this mental. And I certainly know what it's like to be spun up or excited mentally, and it and it usually I think has a negative uh, connotation, right? And in that same chapter, I, I it also says, um, do not let uh, spiritual terms keep you from honestly asking yourself what they mean to you. Mm -hmm. And it was a long time before I ever put myself through that exercise, but. You got people talking about uh, their relationship with God. That was something that gave me mental goose flesh. That would spin me up. I just, and my relationship with God is the most important thing. And I would just think, I don't believe you. I don't even know what you're talking about. And it just, <laughs> it would just drive me nuts, you know. But on the bottom of 62, it finally talked talked about a relationship of uh, director, actor, father, child, uh, principal, agent. It occurred to me that those were relationships. And that I could get behind that, and now that phrase doesn't bother me anymore. And of course, he's talking about this mental goose flesh, this spun up, this excitement around worship. And um, I think the old man uh, told me, uh, worship, worshiping stuff. You want to know what you're worshiping, David? Just what are you paying attention to? And uh, <laughs> and I, you know, and I pay attention to the money. I pay attention to my relationship. I pay attention to what I'm not getting or what ought to be happening or this meeting should stay on topic. You know, that when I, when, when I got a practical interpretation of worship, um, that seemed to help with the mental goose mm -hmm. flesh. 
But I never had trouble with that phrase in and of itself. I, I don't even know if I have the interpretation correctly, but I always just sort of uh, imagined it like being spun up mentally, negatively about something. Well, I went for years and didn't even know what it meant. I just would like sidestep it. And I was, af- <laughs> I was afraid to ask anybody what it meant. And I, yeah, I finally asked my sponsor one day, I'm like, what is state of mental goose flesh? And he just said, it's like goosebumps. And I was like, oh, well, crap. I didn't know that. Goosebumps, chill bumps. Mental uh, goosebumps, mental chill bumps. Yeah, right. Yep. Mental pyloerection. <laughs> yep, say that one again. That that ties oh, in with wait, limitless load. Now you load. got my attention. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Mental- Lim- that ties in with limitless <laughs> load. This is a limitless load. So mental pyloerection, that is a scientific term for when the hairs on your arms stand up. High low erection. And I learned this in my profession so that I'm a professional. Oh, you're speaking from a professional experience, huh? That that third grade education is working is paying Co- off. Paying correct. dividends. Correct. Thank you. What's what's the first word? Pilo? Yeah, P I L O. Pilo. Pilo. Mm-hmm. I so, like pilo erection. I will it's, say it's hard enough with limited limitless load not to be a twelve year old enough. boy it's in here hard right enough. now. But... I hear you. <laughs> well, hey, the book does mention being impotent too, so be careful. It does. Right. <laughs> it sure does. So for that one, I don't know um, that there's a good kind of modern term. If you all would like me to try to come up with one, I will. But I personally kind of like the state of mental goose. I kind of just like the way that that sounds. Yeah, I like it yeah, too. I too. And, I, and I think it it works with what it's talking about. Kind of the, the person who thinks they're a non-believer, they don't know, and all of a sudden they realize, like, oh, I have, I have been worshiping and been practicing some of this stuff and didn't even realize it. So I well, think we, you, Jay Wayne, you use that term spun up lot and 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 i i i like that spun up that's a great way to describe a mental goose flash i think yeah yes and if you really get really spun up read drop the rock all right let's move on to the next <laughs> I, I have too much contempt so i, I, I will not investigate so Please you don't. all want to keep it or translate we're, it it's we're not gonna like keep we're gonna it. keep it i'm keeping, I'm keeping it. it shank okay. Perfect. We're keeping state of mental goose flesh. Love it. All right. For big book shrapnel number two, we've got a corker. And this is from page 156. So it says, but life was not easy for the two friends. Plenty of difficulties presented themselves. Both saw that they must keep spiritually active. One day, they called up the head nurse of a local hospital. They explained their need and inquired if she had a first-class alcoholic prospect. She replied, yes, we've got a corker. He's just beaten up a couple of nurses. Goes off his head completely when he's drinking, but he's a grand chap when he's sober, though he's been in here eight times in the last six months. Understand he was once a well-known lawyer in town, but just now we've got him strapped down tight. We've got a corker. So can we just put a stake in the ground here? 
Look, imagine you go to an open discussion meeting and, and they call for a topic and you say, I'd like to talk about keeping spiritually active. Mm. And now just imagine what's going to happen in that meeting. But look what our book does. The two, they saw that they must keep spiritually active. And what's the next thing they do? They go to the hospital looking for a drunk. That's right. It's, it's, Good point. It's what we've been talking about the whole hour. And at, 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 there's a bunch of other spots in there, but now I'm too excited to even remember them. But <laughs> well, we I, can tell. I love that your mind works the same as mine because I'm putting yep. these things together and it's it's really good to know that your mind puts those things together too. Yeah, spirit, uh, work and self-sacrifice for others. I mean, it's just all through the book. <laughs> Not go to 90 meetings and get everything you need. Yeah. And then or, leave. Or hot bubble baths like and yoga. <laughs> I love corker. both. I do too. We've got a corker. Let's just not talk about it in Alcoholics Anonymous. That's so right. So what I what I did not know is that I always I kind of always figured when I read this that that was like a negative term. Like we've got a corker. Like wow, this guy's like really crazy. It actually means something or someone that's excellent outstanding impressive and when they ask if they have a first class alcoholic prospect she said yeah we've got a corker oh meaning that's brand a, new yeah but it was new to me i thought he, i thought we uh, were just talking about a drunk you know a corker had some, well it had something to do with a wine bottle right like yeah. i remember being a kid i remember being a kid talking about like uh, we're uh, we were talking about marijuana, and I, I said, "Is is uh, does Johnny get high?" And he's like, "No, he's a he's he's a pure juicer." And I'd never <laughs> I I'd never heard the term juicer before, but I knew exactly what he was talking about. And so, but I was well, wrong. Was that about steroids? It. When I heard someone juicing up, that's they're doing steroids. Well, yeah, this was this was before that was stuff was readily. We were still talking calling it MDA uh, back then. Oh, nice. They didn't have yeah. steroids back then. <laughs> This is seventies. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I thought the same thing on Corker though. That I just always just assumed it meant like it's a crackpot alcoholic, you know, or a crazy dude. But yeah, it it's definitely means that. Yeah, we've got a an excellent prospect for you two guys. Here he is. Yeah. He just beat up two nurses, and we got his ass strapped down. That's right. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah, it is I wonderful, think it's, isn't it? I think it's probably going to be continue to be misinterpreted though by people that just read it. Mm -hmm. Corker, what would be a? Um, I'm gonna call for a translation on this one. What's a what's a modern translation, Shank? Okay, so a modern translation for this one, um, the, the one that I came up with would be a banger. So, Ooh. like in these days, when the kids are talking about, you know, maybe music, they'll be like, "Oh yeah, it's a real banger." It's a real banger. Which means Banger. it's good, it's fun, it's fresh, we like it. Um, now, I don't know that that would necessarily work in this sentence. You know, they said, uh, do you have a first-class alcoholic prospect? She replied, yeah, we've got a real banger. He's just I beating up it. a couple of nurses. <laughs> but it could, it, it could potentially fit. Potentially, that would be the translation. I personally, I think that I like, I, I like Corker specifically now that i know more what it means yeah and it is just like the perfect word to use right there like they have a really good prospect yeah and they're so, quoting somebody and in context mm -hmm. it all makes sense they're looking for a drunk 
the 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 nice the nice nurse says, "Yeah, we've got a a, a corker for you." Black in the mm-hmm. eyes of both the nurses, got him strapped down tight. You know, I mean, it, there's there's it, it it serves its purpose perfectly. As yeah, written. that's a that's a good point too. They're quoting somebody. We probably wouldn't want to change something that somebody's quoted. Although here's here's what I would caveat this with, since I'm the bebop, the if we're going to keep it. Which I'm in favor of keeping. We got to start using it. Yes. So I we got to like start share. We got to start using the term corker. I like I mean, that. We could go to the home group this week and probably find a couple of uses for it. We can. Well, when people talk about um, pink clouds, we can. We don't. We don't have to counter share them. We can talk about spiritual intoxication. We could. There do that. you go. When right. people talk about expectations being premeditated resentments, we could talk about ambitions and your inventory. Mm. Yes. And when they're talking about a guy that's hard to get sober or a guy that's just completely off his rocker, we've got a corker. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it sounds like we are deciding to also keep that one. Yep. I wonder how many meetings of Alcoholics Anonymous have corker in the title. That we should look uh. that up. I I would imagine <laughs> that there are many more meetings, kind of in our area. A lot of meetings uh, more have the vibe of like a vision for you. There is a solution. Big book group. Um, there was an online meeting that was boiled as an owl, and I think people were like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! What does that mean?" Yeah. But I think in other areas of the country, people really get into. Some naming their meetings. Alternative names, yeah. Yeah. The Corker, the Corker book study. Yeah. Corker book study yeah. would be good. I'm going to look this one up. Outright mental defectives. Yeah. I've, <laughs> there's a few groups I know of that, that use that. Outlaw, Save Crackers. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, fourth Dimension. Okay, so our third big book shrapnel is the so-called beer experiment. This is from page 177, and here's what it says. It says, for the benefit of those experimentally inclined, I should mention the so-called beer experiment. When beer first came back, I thought that I was safe. I could drink all I wanted of that. It was harmless. No one ever got drunk on beer. So I filled the cellar full with the permission of my good wife. It was not long before I was drinking at least a case and half a day. I put on 30 pounds of weight in about two months, looked like a pig, and was uncomfortable from shortness of breath. I like to call that age 16 to 26. (laughs) 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 There was a a meeting in Richmond, Virginia in the 40s that served beer at it. Yes. Meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous. It's true. it It wasn't liquor. Wow. So when I kind of read this, I was thinking, and I want to ask both of you. So I was thinking when I was getting sober, the so-called beer experiment, when I was reading this, it kind of reminded me of like, okay, prohibition times, like beers coming back. Most people are drinking liquor, um, you know, from the liquor houses or whatever. And that's how they're getting like crazily drunk. So beer didn't seem that bad. When I was getting sober, Well, I remember like some of the last things that were popular were um, to ice somebody. So you'd get a Mike's Hard Lemonade and you'd like surprise someone with it. 
and then I'm pretty sure that they had to get on their knee and chug the Mike's Hard Lemonade. <laughs> but it was just kind of like, oh, it's like a little fruity, girly drink. Can't like, get that drunk doesn't on get it. you drunk. But you didn't just buy one. Like, you would buy... Uh, okay, I wouldn't just buy one. I would buy a 12-pack, 24-pack, and then we'd just all crack open, you know, the Mike's Hard Lemonade <laughs> or whatever it was called. Maybe it was called Mike's Ice. I don't remember. And you would get huh. wasted and then feel terrible. Uh, so what were the things... What, what I thought about for current that none of us would know would be like the so-called truly experiment. Do you know what a truly is, Otis? I don't. I do. So a truly is like a seltzer, a hard seltzer. So it would be like a hard LaCroix. LaCroix with some kind of alcohol in it. And so I see like a lot of people just like, oh, I'm just cracking open a truly, you know, like, oh, it's cute and fun. Um, so a modern replacement could be like the so-called truly experiment. So-called truly experiment. What was popular California when y'all were, when y'all were California coolers? Yeah, man. When I got around that time, I got sober California coolers. I don't know if Otis remembers those. They were uh, Bartles and James. Called? Bartles and James. Yes. Yes. I forgot about that one. So is that like a wine spritzer? Yes, yeah, it was exactly. a wine cooler. I wouldn't have anything to do with it. Okay. No, they, oh, they yeah. called them wine coolers. We'd put them in the bong sometimes instead of water and smoke dope through them. <laughs> That's about all it was good for. <laughs> Give it a little yeah. fruity flavor. <laughs> wow. Hey, whatever I'm drinking, I've got to remember it's going to eventually end up in my sinuses. Ah. So, <laughs> so I got to be discerning about what I'm, what I'm putting in there. No. Now listen. So, yeah. You don't want a California cooler, Bartles and James. I tried a wine experiment one time. How'd that work out for you? It did not work out good. I made some homemade wine. My wife was trying to get me to stop or slow down. And I convinced her that this wine wouldn't get me drunk. And so I commenced to start drinking it. And we ended up at a club that night and I ended up getting kicked out twice for uh, inappropriate behavior. So the so-called wine experiment for me didn't work out very well listen we would make um, muscadine wine and i don't know what percent alcohol that was but you <laughs> couldn't drink more than like a glass no that's what this toast. was it would put you mm -hmm. in another world beer was like oxygen to me i if i was awake i was drinking beer you know and uh, i love beer uh, yeah and the thing is, and I, I was sober for years when I look back that beer was a way to control and enjoy my drinking because I had, I had the same job when I was 22 when I first met you guys that I had. I kept that damn job until age 28 when I was separated from alcohol for what I hope to be the last time. Same job. And it was one of these miserable jobs where you got to be, you got to be there at like seven o'clock in the morning ready to, ready to rock and roll. And, um, and that's a terrible thing for a drunk. And I probably would have gotten fired except for to do this job, you needed some training. There weren't that many of us and there was a there was more demand than supply, right? So I I was a lousy employee, but I kept that job. I'm I'm, I'm saying that because I'm not trying to be virtuous about keeping my job. I, I'm, I'm lucky I kept that job. I didn't treat it very well. But I found that during the week when I intended to go to work, that I could drink beer from the moment I got off of work till the moment I laid down and got got myself five, six hours of sleep and I could get, have relatively predictable results and make it to that job, right? Yeah. I knew if I cracked the seal on that whiskey bottle, work is a non-starter for, 
for tomorrow. Yeah. So, um, so the beer experiment for me was 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 a way to get relatively pre- predictable results and get drunk enough to main, maintain until until I could get two or three days to do what I really wanted to do. I think that still tracks for today, even though like yes. I think people would put the caveat on like. Will not craft beer. You know, there's a guy at my home group who, yep. you know, has big claim to fame as he's like, Well, I drink craft beer. And I'm like, That's great. <laughs> you're still in AA, so you're not yeah. any better than the rest of us. But um Pinky's out. I think you're right, Shink. His his intent, Dr. Bob's intent was to hey, beer can't hurt you. Yes. So I, I should be okay. And I think that there's lots of people today that think that they can get by drinking, you know, near beer or old duels. It's different or kombucha with alcohol in it, or, you know, they, they go to, um, hard seltzers and stuff. They don't, you know, they don't yeah. think it same or, and it's, it's just a, yeah, it's going to lead if you right not back. Alcoholic. They might get away with it. That's there right. You, go. you know, the yeah. difference between an old and a real Budweiser. What? About 30 what? days. that's about right all right well it sounds Uh, like we're gonna keep the so-called beer experiment also i do kind of like the so-called truly experiment i think that some of our listeners will like that one if they got sober maybe in the last couple of years i don't know how long they've been i would read that and think this thing needs to be translated The truly or the beer experiment? The truly. The truly. Yeah. I read the truly. I'm like, what, what's true, honey? What's a yeah. truly? What yeah. the heck? You, you could change beer to hard seltzer, and that might would would work. But I think beer works, but I just think truly is funny. It is funny. Yeah, beer's never going away, is it? Come on, no, it's beer. It's no, not. it's not. It's not going away. And everybody knows what beer is, so I think we keep it. Otis. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was I was going to do a spoiler alert. I'm not throwing away any of these uh, big book phrases, but uh, three for three, we're keeping them all. Surprise! Love it. Yeah, yeah, we're we're with you on that, Otis. We appreciate you coming on again. I'm so happy it's, to be here with you guys. I'm, yeah. I'm a fan of the show, and uh, just a joy to be here. Thank you. Yeah, we're we're glad to have you. Glad to have you, and um, remember. Limitless load. That's what <laughs> that's what we've been given as a result of taking the twelve steps out of the give book Alcoholics Anonymous. And if we uh, if we continue to give it away, we will continue to be free. Freedom. Freedom. Thanks for listening. If you have a comment, suggestion, or just need help, you can email Shank and Wayne at freedom at alcoholicsalive.com. Remember, we're recovered members of Alcoholics Anonymous, but we do not speak for Alcoholics Anonymous, nor do we get paid. Join us next week for another great episode.